Hello, everybody. Hey, listen, are you a man like myself that kind of feels like showing my feelings? That's not manly. Uh, you know, being emotional, that's not what a man does. You know, being able to express ourselves and really not understanding how to be able to do those things. I want to make sure that you're a part of this conversation. If you're a wife that's listening, make sure that you're listening as well, because this will be impactful and helpful to you and give you some insight on how to be able to help us as men to be able to walk in this. This is something that is a great conversation, and I do not want you to miss this at all. So listen, get ready. Let's tune in and let's dive into the conversation. I remember when I was first looking at starting my podcast, one of the things that I was looking for was a cost efficient place that I can be able to do what I was dreaming and doing. With Anchor, I found that. I found a free platform that can be able to give me the tools to make sure that my podcast sound good from edits to music to different other things, variety of things that can be able to assist me to make sure that I had a professional sound podcast. But then also one of the things I found that I loved uh, when I started to use Anchor was they have various of different places that they are able to distribute my podcast from professional places like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many, many more. Now, with this, the thing that I'm I love to do is because I might not do it in my house or might need to do it in my car. So I am able to use record on my cell phone. I'm able to record on my tablet or even my computer. So for you to be able to do this as the podcaster, you need to make sure that you download the app to your phone, to your tablet. You can do it on an Android or on an Apple product. But also, if you want to be able to access it on your computer, you have to go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, anchor is A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Welcome to the team. Hello and welcome to the Focus on Greatness podcast. My name is Hiram and on this platform, one of the things that we do is highlight ways where men can be able to experience greatness in their everyday lives. And today is going to be a topic that I believe is going to help us as men and us as people become and be great. I want you to do this before we dive into this conversation, before I bring on this extraordinary special guest that I have on with me today, I want you to do me a favor. Make sure sure that you subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Those that are listening, those that are watching this live, make sure that you want to subscribe either through Google, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, and the hundreds of other different platforms that they have out here that you can be able to continue on these conversations and stay. Go back and listen and be able to grab some more tools as you're continuing on your journey. Do me a favor before we start. Make sure that you are sharing, you are liking, and that you are following. If you're watching this live on on um, YouTube or if you're watching this live on Facebook, make sure that you do this because I want to get not only you to watch this, but get your friends, get your families out there because this 
These are helpful conversations that we all need to be able to hear, all need to be a part of this. So do me a favor. If you're in your car, just tap on the top of your steering wheel. If you're watching this live, make sure that you send some emojis, send some love, send some heart, and do me a favor and welcome my guest, Andy Graham. How you doing, sir? Very good, Hiram. Nice to be here. <laughs> do me a favor before we dive into this beautiful conversation that we're going to have, uh, kind of introduce yourself to the people um, so they can kind of know who you are, and then we'll kind of go more in depth in the conversation. Great. Yeah. My name is Andy Grant. I Let's see. I'll start at the beginning. <laughs> um, I'm a survivor of multiple suicide attempts. Just mm. get that right out of the way. And on my journey of discovering that I'm actually meant to be alive, I uh, did a lot of uh, personal growth, spiritual growth, uh, energy work on myself, and everything I discovered that literally saved my life. I discovered the the beauty, uh, the joy in being of service. So about 10 years ago, I started using everything I learned to save my life to, to use for others. So mm -hmm. I've been an energy coach, an Akashic record reader, an author, a speaker, a suicide prevention activist for the last 10 years. About five years ago, I launched a podcast called Real Men Feel, because growing up as a sensitive, emotional kid, I thought that meant I'm not even a man. Right. So, you know, a lot of people meet me now, and as the host of Real Men Feel, they're kind of surprised that, like, oh no, it's called that because I didn't, I was afraid I was not a man. Yeah. So that's yeah. where I'm coming from. That's why I'm so glad to talk to you. Yes, sir. Well, I'm glad to have you on. Um, and for those that are going to be listening and watching, you can find his information, follow him, join, you know, get tagged into even with his podcast. Um, I'll have all of that information is sitting in the description and you can be able to be a part of this because this is why I bring these type of people to this platform, um, because I know they're going to bring something that is going to help us, um, help me help you as we continue on our journey. Because the only thing we want to do, and I know you know this, we just want to be great. We want to be great in everything. You know, people only look at sports or your jobs, but it's like, no, personally, in my personal life, I want to learn how to be able to be great in what I do. And so I'm grateful that you're here. I really am. So let's do this. Tell me where did it start? Um, oh, yeah. Let's go back a little. Where where did this this journey or I would even say per se before the transition um, of where we are today and where, you know, kind of this progression, where did this all begin for you? So the, the pain uh, mm -hmm. began, by, my, you know, my parents got married when they were very young. They got divorced quickly. Mm. Uh, they were divorced by the time I was five years old. I don't have any conscious memories of, of a family. Right. And wow. at about that same, so my, my dad was an alcoholic, battled a bipolar disease. Mm -hmm. uh, he was having multiple affairs. And at the same Ooh. time, my parents split up very angrily, very acrimonious. Uh, a next door neighbor began molesting me. Wow. And so I quickly decided that the world is not a safe place. I cannot trust men. Ooh. And I thought if I told my mom, I thought I'd get in trouble. I thought Ooh. I'd be the next man kicked out of my home. Wow. So I really wow. just young age decided not safe. Can't trust anybody. I'm on my own. I really began to be withdrawn. And I was Ooh. an only child, so there was no one to turn to. And I, I had suicidal thoughts from an extremely young age. Uh, I Ooh. started making attempts of age 12. I can remember thinking, I remember knowing that I would die by my own hand as early as age eight. Wow. And, you know, one thing my dad often told me was high school, uh, it's the best years of your life. <laughs> and I was thought, well, well, then why would anyone go beyond that? So right. my, my most long-term plan 
you know, as a preteen was that I would live through high school and then I would die. Now, it's only in hindsight, only only in my 30s did I realize my dad is 22 years old telling me that high school is the best part of his life. So, (laughs) yeah, he didn't. There wasn't much like he he was in high school. He he got his high school sweetheart pregnant and they had me. So life felt like a pretty abrupt halt (laughs) for a young man at that point. (laughs) But again, did not realize that then as as my dad is trying to tell me how much he loves me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hearing life is horrible, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So that yeah. mindset w- was set in from, from a get-go. I was not raised with any sort of religion in my family, no sort of spirituality. I really just wanted my pain to stop. Mm. And I thought the only way to do that was to have life to stop. Wow. Wow. Now, let me ask this because... You know, sometimes we 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 are hear this like in reference to surely when you're talking about people that are contemplating or dealing with either the depression portion, but more so dealing with the suicidal aspect of it. Sometimes it's they say, oh, people are doing that because they're trying to gain attention. You know, and and that's the only that's the per se they'll put it in this bubble. That's the only reason or why they're trying to do that. Now, was that your scenario? Were you trying to get the attention or like you stated, or was it just the aspect of, I'm just trying to get away from the pain um, of it because this is, in my mind, this is the only way it will resolve the issue of my pain. Yeah, and, and I've been called, like, uh, suicide is often called a, a cry for help as mm-hmm. well as attention. And I always say like, yeah. well, if in what other area of life does someone cry for help and we just say, oh, it's just a cry for help. Right. The person <laughs> drowning in a burning fire. They're calling for help. They're calling for attention. Right. The answer right. Then, so I again, I never get. Well, why is suicide different? Why? Why is something? Why is attention seem as a bad thing? But yeah, what I wanted was love, mm. and I did not love myself. Again, I thought the world was not wow. safe. So that, and again, not realizing this is a child. This is after yeah. years of work. But no, I, I did not. I was not a person to make notes. I when mm. my first attempt surprised everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I was an excellent student. I, you know, I was uh, just naturally good in school, which is another wow. thing that made me, you know, get in trouble and get picked on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was a heavy kid. So I just it was it, it felt like everything was against me. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to take my ball and go home. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've had enough. Mm-hmm. I, I really felt like I really felt like I was a quitter. Mm. And it wasn't until years later that I realized that that quitter w- was was life. Yeah. What was God was my guardian keep, keeping me alive. Yeah. All the times yeah. I made a plan and, oh, I didn't go through with it. Or I mean, there were all sorts of nights in high school. I would, you know, rev my car against a brick wall and then turn away at the last minute. Mm. And I thought that was weakness, but it was really my strength. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when did it shift for you? Like, when did you say, OK, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to go down that tunnel or down that lane anymore. When did that shift for you in your life? Yeah, I, uh, it's funny. I say I'm, I was good in school, but I was a slow learner when it came to this, that this path was not good for me and <laughs> right. it's not good for anyone. So I don't recommend following my model here, but it was after, I think, my fifth suicide attempt. And wow. I only counted attempts that got me injured enough that I ended up in a hospital. Mm. I don't count the things that nobody even realized. or I, Right, right, right. But. I had made another yet another attempt and I, I attempted via a means that already had not worked. Mm. So like, I'm, I'm like, why am I doing, I, I didn't know what I was doing anymore. So I, it's, it's right. like I became, I wanted help. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was any help except trying to stop. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So I've done it again, and uh, I think I was like 19 years old. I, I give up on this. It's not working. I go inside the house. I'm alone at home. I curl up in the fetal position, and I'm just sobbing, just Ooh. sobbing. Big, ugly, you know, horrible, bad acting sobs. Right. And I'm realizing I'm not good at living. I'm not good at dying. There's got to be a better way. Mm. and this, this is my dark night of the soul and it might be the first time i prayed i wow. i begged god to show me why why am i why am i here mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i really i literally heard this different voice inside my head the voice that wasn't just you suck andy die you're, you know you're worthless it was not that voice it was there is a better way and your willingness to share this way will help you climb out of this. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. it was the first time I was willing to get help. People had tried to help me all the time and I would lie mm -hmm. and just tell people what they wanted to hear. Right. And, um, counselors would, would see me in pain. I would just deny it, cover it up, you know, act like a man. I don't need mm -hmm. any help. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, <laughs> I wish I was dead. So everything right. was not fine. You know, I, I, as an adult, I, I find that silence kills men. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't until I was willing to make some noise until I was ready to, to get attention, not by dying, but by saying how pained my living was mm. and being willing to share that and get help. So it, it, that's what opened me up to, to knowing that I was more than just this meat suit. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. doctors had told me this was all a chemical imbalance. And that did not wow. give me hope. That, right. that just meant this is how you'll always be. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. Right? But realizing that I'm more than the meat suit, that there's there's more to me, that I had this spiritual essence and I had mm -hmm. this experience of that, it, that was the first step on on saving my life and allowing me to speak up and, and help positively impact other lives too. Yeah. Which you, know, you talk about this a lot, service. Like growing, no one told me that being of service felt good. Right. So right. I, you know, I, I tell guys like, be selfish. They're like selfishness is overrated. I mean, or underrated. It's not appreciated. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when a healthy man values self-love, yeah, he discovers that being of service, uh, being of service to others, helping others, sharing your story, helping others through their pain and troubles, like it feels good. Right. No, right? it does. That, that's the kind of that's the kind of selfishness I encourage more yeah. people to jump into. Right. Yeah. I, I love this. I, I love this. You you made a statement and I was like, man, that's a good statement. So I know personally I'm going to have to go back because I want to listen and hear that again. Um, but you made a statement and you said silence kills men. Um, and I do. I, I love that your the the mindset of it behind it was this aspect. Like you said, I'm not just meat and muscle. I'm not just strength. You know, I'm I'm more to this. But as long as I stay silent, this is going to die. This is this is this is not even useful as long as I'm as long as I'm silent. Um, so when you, let me ask, when you first actually stopped being silent and now you started to actually express. I want to ask on twofold. One, how did you feel? But then how did it how did that affect the people that were around you? when you no longer were silent. So it speaking up at first was terrifying. So, sometimes it still is terrifying, right. but I own that. Um, you know, when I first did public videos and talked about trying to die and mm -hmm. talked about being molested as a kid, 
you know, I was terrified of the comments and, mm. you know, the, the pain and the bullies and the trolls. And I really, you know, I, wow. I dreaded it. It kept me quiet for a long time. Even after realizing being quiet is not the answer, right. fear kept me quiet then. Wow. But the more I found over and over that the more I openly and authentically share myself, mm -hmm. nothing, nothing but positive energy experiences and love comes back to me. Mm. Time and time again. Wow. Um, I, I think it's often the case, certainly with someone that's dealt with depression and suicide. Like if I share my story, if I, if I can save one life, it's all worth it. It's almost become yeah. a cliche to say that. Right, and, and I right. said that. And that that first experience happened fast. Mm. I remember the first public comment and the first, you know, I still get emails and they've been going on for 15 years. Wow. I don't know why this video popped up. I wasn't looking for anything, but you really, you you made me decide to stay. Mm. I still remember the first time I met a person, I met a stranger who recognized me from a YouTube video and hugged me and said, mm. I'm alive because your video popped up in front of me one day. Wow. I was like, yeah. And so that, that, wow, is, <laughs> that, that's why it's, that's life. That's worth living for. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that is, that is truly worth living for. And, and for those that are listening, as well as those that are watching, I want you to be able to recognize that there is power not only in your voice, but from even from what I'm hearing from you, there's power in your experience. Oh, yeah. Your experience, either positive or negative, when we are no longer silent about those things, is going to help somebody. It, it, it becomes the best ripple effect that we can be able to see in our lives. Um, and so I'm, I, I wanted to ask that because sometimes and I'm glad that you made that statement, but sometimes what happens is in that first initial time frame of saying, okay, now today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually speak. I'm going to open my mouth and say, this is how I felt, or this is how this made me feel, or this is what my experience was. We don't want to do it again because of the fear, because it, oh, it doesn't feel comfortable doing this. So for you, what made it eventually, I guess in some sense, what made that start feeling comfortable to be able to be expressive um, and no longer silent? It, it goes back to that that epiphany night, mm -hmm. realizing, you know, accepting, realizing, uh, proving to myself time and time again that I wasn't good at living or dying. Right. Right. So it, it's almost like, uh, you know, George Costanza in Seinfeld. I'm bad at decisions. I'll do everything the opposite. So right. <laughs> I, I've learned that what I'm afraid of, my fear keeps me stuck. Fear keeps me in that comfort zone. Yeah. And my old comfort zone was being depressed and miserable. So a comfort zone doesn't necessarily feel good. It's just what you're used to. Yeah. Wow. Fear, you know, fear instead of keeping me in there. Now I see fear as a welcome sign. Like fear is, mm. this is what you need to do next, Andy. Right. And right. enough times of trusting that and having the payoff, having a good result on the other side of that fear, I know that to be true for me. And I believe it to be true for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Now, did, now in the, in your journey and your process, kind of getting to a little bit of where um, I would say kind of where you are now, um, how now have you been able to see the impact of how allowing or helping men to understand this process of not being silent, how have you seen now that ripple effect or that impact in men's lives? Uh, wow. Proudly countless ways. Mm. Um, I can remember the first time I spoke, I spoke to a military audience 
Mm-hmm. I was telling my story and I, I had tears coming down my face talking about the pain I was yeah. in and thinking I didn't belong here. And soldiers came up after that and shook my hand and said, you're, you're one of the bravest people I've ever met. I can't believe that. I'm like, what do you mean? Wow. And they, so they're more, ter- they'll go into battle. They'll risk their lives. They'll lose comrades. And mm. they were all terrified of anyone seeing them cry. Wow. And that was like, what? That like, that's, that's, that's the, that's this distorted belief of masculinity that I'm speaking up and I'm going against and rec- helping guys realize, yeah, if, if it doesn't feel good, maybe it isn't doing you good. Right, 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 right. I, but, I, man, that is good. I, I think one of the things and one of the reasons why I've been honest, Andy, that listening or watching your looking at your story and um, going through and just looking at all the things that you're doing, one of the things that drew me was I realized, even for myself, um, I'm, I was raised by a single mother, um, and uh, my my parents my parents divorced when I was a baby, so I don't even like you said I have no recollection of what that looked like. But because I was I was this single, you know, uh, this only child, a lot of mine was I became very you know, insecure. And I had a lot of just, I, I will, I would rather be in a corner somewhere than sitting in public. Um, you know, that type of thing. But over the years, I realized that I was never taught to speak. So when I felt things, either if it was anger or if it was sadness, or if it would ever, I didn't know how to express it. And I would just hold it and hold it and bottle it all in. Um, And so when I saw your story, I said, this is something that men need to hear because the the definition of what men is or what man what a man looks like, the the definition is not included on a man speaks or that a man is emotional. It's he's he's the security. He's the strong. He's the da da da. And so I said, no, this part has to be a part of this conversation when it comes to the defining of a man, because if not, this is why we're losing a lot of them. Yeah. Because we're just hoarding it in. Yeah. It before we're men, we're human beings. All human yeah. beings have emotions. Yeah. They're not some emotions that are meant for women and some are meant for men. That that is societal, uh, wrong-headed thinking and teachings and you know, passed on with the best of intentions. Right. But yeah. I I believe that mindset was created when men were dying at age 35. You know, 40 <laughs> was was old age. So right. you, you had one career, you had one relationship, you had one thing for the rest of your days. Yeah. Yeah. And we've had generations of going beyond that, and we've had generations of men struggling with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quiet lives of desperation. That's what I see in the stony, silent, stoic man. Yeah. I, I have talked to Vietnam vets uh, age 82 in tears talking about something they witnessed. And I'm, I've hugged these men and, right. and let yeah. it out. And then they tell me I've never told that story before. I'm like, you've been carrying wow. that pain this long? Wow. And I recently had a coaching client. 71 years old, never had his father say, I love you. Mm. And it's bothered him all his life. He, he, this man grows his entire experience growing up feeling unloved. Mm. Mm, and mm, mm. and if, we're, if, we're, if we believe, we can't risk sharing that pain. Yeah. And, and it's all about yeah. 
you know, men put a big priority on, on respect. We, we need to be respected by our peers. We need to be welcomed in this community of men. Right. And we think <laughs> it's by acting, it's like this, it's by being this way. That's the only, and like, no, right. you know, we can, that, that first brave guy that says, I feel horrible right now. Mm. I, you know, I feel this great sadness right now. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know what to do about it. Right. Those are the brave men and men naturally want to support each other. Mm -hmm. So when you're in a safe space, when you have actual friends, when you have a community, those guys will listen and, and share something else back. Yeah. You know, that, that's, I found this, this, this competitive, competitive nature of men, it can work so well to our advantage when it comes time to share. Yeah. Cause I, I lead men's groups and that first brave guy that speaks up mm -hmm. gives everyone else permission to go like, I felt that too. And I know that pain and I'm right. feeling that right now. And it, right. it opens new doors for, for connection and community community based mm -hmm. on our authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me, let me, um, for the man that's probably listening now, just say you have a man that, uh, again, just even the storylines that you've already shared, there's a man that has some form of experience in their life, negative experience or something that they've had in their life that they've been holding in for years. What would you say to that person in reference to their first step that they need to do to now start this process? Be willing to feel. Stop deciding that it's wrong. So, you know, you just have the idea that maybe all of my judgments are wrong, right? Ooh. Just that willingness. There's an old saying that, that I love, but I used to hate it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can be right or you can be happy. Wow. I think a lot of men are taught that it's important to be right. Yeah. Right. The, one of the oldest jokes about men, we, we won't stop and ask for directions. <laughs> uh, I don't, no, I know where I'm going, honey. Just let me, I'll get there. Don't worry about it. Right. Or, right. Or instructions yeah. Come, you, you're going to build something from Ikea or something. And you're like, ah, I don't need his instructions. I'm a man. I can figure this out. <laughs> and it, it's, it's just this act. It's this yeah. false bravado. Mm -hmm. But when we're willing to ask for help, when we're willing to be wrong, when we're willing to be happy, you know, it's this, this masculinity is rigid yeah. and our willingness to, to be wrong. Like yeah. I always say the only definition of masculinity that matters is yours. Mm, and if yours like doesn't that. feel good, re redefine it. Wow. You know, I find men like me and you raised by single moms. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was always told like, what a good boy. I, I don't have to, I don't have to tell Andy anything. He's just such a good boy. He's so well behaved. He knows he just can, it's like, he can read my mind. My mom would say, right. And we grow up thinking we can do that. And we try to do that. Yeah. So I don't ask the women in my life, what's wrong. Mm -hmm. What can I do? Have I upset you? I try to just stay quiet. And read their minds. Right. Doesn't right. work. No. <laughs> it might work with your mom. You can be so connected to your mom and know when she's upset. But then yeah. we think that's how all relationships work. And it, it's how all relationships work to our detriment. Yeah. <laughs> to, to failed yeah. relationships. Really, right. In right. Period. Yeah. No. And that's really, um, I think, I, I remember, I think for me, I, I've been blessed and I got two, I got two sons. And so... Um, I, with me, I'm not, I wasn't surely in the beginning of my, my marriage, uh, I was not a communicator at all. Surely when it's talking about expressing feelings, it was none at all, you, you know, and, um, I noticed how 
like you said, that's not working for me. I I, I cannot continue because then it became almost like you're doing a rat race because now you're, you're in your own mind. You're not asking help. You're not asking what does your spouse need and, you know, all those things. So now you're literally just running, running and you're burning your own self internally out because you just won't ask, hey, hon, what do you need? Or hey, babe, this is this is overwhelming me a little bit. Or you know, hey, I really I really don't feel comfortable doing this at this time. You you know, it's just the, those simple forms of communication. And so for me now, it's like I'm trying to train young boys to be communicative. How do you feel? And I see the same thing in them automatically. It's like I'm good. I'll be okay. It's like, no, you're hurting. Uh-uh. Tears coming down their face. I'm okay, dad. I'll be. A-. It's like, it's training that same thing. And so um, would you recommend for a man to, because I did this, this was, I don't want to say this person, my breaking point, but it was a help for me. My first time trying to express something was I went very, I don't want to say very old school, but I went to another mo- move and I actually wrote down my feelings in a letter to my wife and said, babe, these are, this is how I feel. This is my, you know, and I allowed her to be able to then see, even though it was on paper and I didn't say it verbally, but it was a way of expressing that. Would you, would you use that as also as a way of starting point of being able to get that started? For sure. Every emotion will be expressed. If we Mm. bury them all, they'll be expressed in negative disruptive ways. Okay. So, okay. A common thing I hear, we ask about men how they're feeling. Like, well, I think I feel this. And like, or honey, do you love me? I think I do. Like, we, we try to think our, our emotions aren't in our brains, right? You know how to feel right. it. So that's your, if you notice yourself, your friend saying, I think, and it's talking about feelings, like, well, mm-hmm. that, that's one sign it's not working. Yeah. But uh, different counselors and therapists had recommended journaling and gratitude journaling to me forever. And I was mm-hmm. like, nonsense. Like, I, I had this vision of, you know, a little 12 year old girl with some little, my little pony princess <laughs> diary. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Come on. Right. Right. But I, once I started mm-hmm. and felt benefit from it, I've maintained a daily journal for, I think 17 years. Wow. So we wow. torture ourselves by keeping our thoughts to ourselves. Yeah. That ruminating thought that I'm not good enough, that I can't do anything right. Whatever it is, putting pen to paper, screaming it out loud, yeah. uh, giving a great workout in, all of those are ways to express. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, I have a, an online class on the power of gratitude. And there's scientific principles behind writing a letter of gratitude to someone. Right. And how, how much benefit you get and the person receiving it gets this tremendous boost of serotonin as well. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. You, you did a great first step, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Now, I, I'm from, for the people that are listening, um, you might be driving in your car. You might be on your way to work. Uh, you might be taking a stroll. And while you're listening to this conversation, you might be thinking of moments and feelings and things that you wish you would have expressed and stuff that you feel like you still need to express at this point. Uh, take advantage of what this conversation is doing. It's it's helping you to give you some tools, not only in do I need to do it one specific way, but it's showing you it's the process of getting it out of you. Um, either that's through writing it on paper, if that's communicating and verbally to that person, there has to be a way that you start this process 
of starting to learn how to get the emotions and the expressions out of you. Um, I know for me, and I'm guessing for a lot of men, to be emotional is is equal to being weak. Um, it doesn't it doesn't go with the picture of what masculinity looks like. Um, but for those that are listening, and we're going to continue this conversation because it's very very good. But for those that are listening, I need you to understand. It's more weak to hold it in than it is to express because not only does holding it in hurt you, you, whatever, like you just said, it's going to express itself one way or another. Um, so it's either going to express itself now because you've been holding it in. It's going to express itself through anger. It's going to express itself from you withdrawing from everybody. It, one way or another, it's going to express itself um, but what we're trying to get everyone to understand and to see is that you communicating is very a very strong tool that you have just by expressing your feelings, just by hugging your child, just by telling your son, I love you, or telling your daughter, I think what you did for me was beautiful. Like just something as simple as, bae, when you, when you brought me that gift the other day and I didn't ask for it, this is how it made me feel. It, it, those are simple things that we do every day. And those are not forms of weakness, but those are forms of strengths. Yeah. I, I find over and over that authenticity, vulnerability, and compassion are superpowers that most Ooh. men don't take advantage of. Wow. Now, if, if, if we want to talk about what's weak, like really what's weaker than me being afraid to say something because I'm, I'm concerned of how you'll judge it. Right. That's wow. the biggest weakness. And men, we, we are all so driven by fear. Yeah. Fear of being disrespected, fear of being shut out, fear of being ostracized, fear of being rejected, fear of being seen as weak, fear of being yeah. judged. And if we're willing to acknowledge that fear, it, it, it lets you see everything else as the illusion. Yeah. And that the strongest thing you can do is... Hiram, I'm feeling great right now. Hiram, I love you, man. Or Hiram, you yeah. really upset me the other day. Like whatever right. it is. Like right. uh, emotions are meant to be felt in the moment. And when you feel it in the moment, they pass quicker, they pass easier. It's when we bury and stuff and deny. That's what leads to stress and disease yeah. and, and horrible yeah. ways that we treat ourselves and addictions and just every trouble that a man could get into I find is originally based in not sharing some emotional issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's truthful. <laughs> that's very, very truthful. Um, do me a favor because I want people to not only hear these tools that are helping them, but for those men that say, I would love to get your help. I would love to connect with you and to be able to get the type of help that I need so I can start this process. Let them tell the tell tell the audience how they can connect with you um, and something about how does your what is your program does in helping men to get to these places and to these points. Cool. So there is no other human being on the planet with my training. I've done mm. all these different variety of things, and I've been the first graduate in class of different year long programs. That's why I can say there's there's no one that has done the combination. So right, I combine psychology and spirituality and energy mm -hmm. and masculinity and archetypes. But the best way to discover all of that is at my website, theandygrant.com. Mm -hmm. If you're interested in talking to me, 
Uh, I have what I call clarity calls. They're this free. They're no obligation. I love to talk to guys and I'll ask you a lot of questions, questions that you probably have never been asked. And I give you the space to feel what mm -hmm. your answers might be. And then I see, is there a class? Is there a book? Is there a program? Is, is it working with me? What, what yeah. would serve you the most? Yeah. And another easy thing to do, you know, Real Men Feel has been going on for five and a half years. I think I'm up to episode number 257. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, there are some episodes where it's me alone and I'm sobbing. I've, mm. I've done shows from the lows of depression because I just had wow. this thing like somehow I'm like, do I dare share myself from here? And right. I got a yes. I'm like, all right. But, you know, we, we cover so, so many horrible aspects of life, but in a, mm. in a lighthearted, let's deal with it, let's move through it kind of a way. Yeah. Um, I hear from lots of, lots of my male listeners get turned on to the show by their wives and girlfriends. Wow. Because, like, yeah, it's not, it was not good marketing on my part. Like, men are not searching, how can I feel more? Like, that's not a big niche. Like, people are not looking for this, but it, it helps. It, it's beneficial. So, yeah. you know, the, the, those are two free things available to everybody um but i it's also be, you know be willing to be wrong like yeah. i made fun of the journaling i made fun of gratitude i made fun of positive affirmations i made fun of everything thought everything was nonsense and now i do it on a daily basis and mm. i mm. i can i can honestly say that i love myself and i love life yeah, yeah. At age 18 i would have thought i was crazy i i really thought happy people were crazy <laughs> Oh God! For you thought happy people were crazy. Oh yeah, like I, I was, I was so sure Ooh. that I was better off dead. I believed everybody was, like, like wow. I thought I could convince you, but you know, I, I thought happy people were, were were like Ned Flanders and The Simpsons, just like fake, like Oakley Doakley. They were always just flat and just like perpetually happy. But right, you know, life has ups and downs. Yeah, ideally. Ideally, we're like the uh, the best roller coaster. Like our mm -hmm. highs are higher and our lows are higher. Yeah. So my worst day today, like how low I might feel, mm -hmm. was like the best day I could imagine at age like thirteen. Wow. Wow. Now let me ask this question because um, when in the intro of our conversation, you you talked about the dynamics in reference to your parents. You know um, uh, where both of them are has your transformation transformed or impacted your parents lives for sure uh, again it took my my parents were my parents have both become more spiritual uh, mm. my dad passed away four years ago but we okay. were able to talk about things and heal and we one thing they i always knew i could talk about anything mm -hmm. but the catch-22 with parents well of course my mom loves me it's my mom Right. And then anytime right. if and then, if then but there's a fight. Oh, even my mom hates me. So right. it, it, like there's all it, <laughs> it's just not enough somehow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, the uh, you know I've have uh, I've had friends that I've had since like junior high that mm -hmm. will like tell me like it, it's amazing to watch you, Andy. You know we really right. thought we were gonna not you were gonna be gone. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know wow, I, I, I I some people have the experience of they. They make an attempt in their life and they immediately like they see the light like, oh, I know I never do that again. Right. That was not my experience. You know, multiple wow. times I would wake up in an emergency room and I would be furious that I was mm. still alive. Wow. And that's why I'm, I'm really careful to say that I thought I believed I wanted to die. I mm -hmm. thought I was better off dead because that was yeah. wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. And that that yeah. willingness to be wrong, that 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 notion of I'd rather be happy than be right. 
that's freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to tell you uh, and say this is I'm thankful that you didn't do it um, because you are impacting and saving so many lives as a result of it. Um, and I would not be able to have this great conversation with you um, and through all the experiences that you have if you would have done it. And so I also want to use that also as an encouragement to someone that is listening. It might be hard. Uh, you might feel like, you know, life sucks. No one paying attention to me. No one loves me. You know, uh, there's no reason to stay here. But just like Andy's life, he was able to get his transition and continue to push on to now his life and his experience is helping more people than I believe. And again, we I, we haven't had this portion of the conversation, but I believe it's probably helping more people than you could even imagine. Yeah. True. When, when I was a kid, the only place anybody mentioned suicide was in the mental hospital, which made it mm. seem even crazier that I did have these thoughts. Right, let alone right. <laughs> right, right, but right. Suicidal thoughts are horribly, sadly common. Yeah, it is. What will kill you is not speaking about it. What can mm. save your life is breaking that silence. Wow. Wow. I, I, um, I'll say this and, and then we'll transition, but I remember mine because I've had situations and depression, you know, as, as, as well in reference to as a young child, um, but I remember when it went to my extreme was more in my adult life um, to the point where I was calculating. This is how this is going to go. This is what I'm going to do, blah, 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 you know, all of those things. And but I did exactly what you said. I found someone that I can express it to and say, this is how I'm feeling this is why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And this is the thing that I have decided is the resolve to that issue. Um, but because I had the conversation and because I was able to get it out and because I was able to cry it out um, and all of those things, I was able to make it through it. Um, and so, I'm I, again, I, I, I connect with the statement and the conversation that you just statement that you just made. It, it's the saying is a good cry because mm -hmm. it is right. Right. There's yeah. no, I've, I've never grown up here and like, Oh, I had a bad cry. <laughs> no, every, it's, it's a good cry. Cause it serves you like it, it can to this distorted sense of what it means to be a man is denying our emotions, denying our physical ability to make tears. Like right. those aren't right. mistakes. Right. Like, we are designed to do this. <laughs> yes. We are designed to do this. So I want to ask this and because this literally just popped in my mind and then um, I'll ask you another question, but I want to ask you to do this for me. Can you redefine for us what a man is? A man is whatever I do. Right. I'm a man. Whatever I do is manly. Right. It's, it's really that simple. So I'm a man talking to another man. <laughs> it's not like I'm a this type of man or I'm an alpha man. That's a bad, like, no, men. I, I'm a loving, grounded, present human being. Mm -hmm. I care mm -hmm. about others. 
again, the definition of masculinity that matters is the one that feels good to you, the yeah. one that feels good to me. Yeah. We weren't made in a factory. No. You know, we there, there's talk about we living in a man box, but yeah. I did not come pre-assembled. No one opened a man box to get me out of it. You know, that's our job. We got to get out of this box that, <laughs> right. that ties yeah. us down and gives us these labels. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I I need people to hear that that you being you is manly. Yeah. It, you it really being, can be no other way. That's the definition. Right. So that's a man. Look in the mirror. Right. right. So I'm and I wanted to make sure that you gave that definition because you cannot define what a man is to you based upon what you saw as a man. Right. What was a def what what that man did for in his life? You know, surely when you're talking about looking at your grand grandfather, you know, that was in a whole nother era, their their lifestyle and totally different than what ours was, you know, that you cannot say, okay, that's what the demand looks like. That's what I have to become. Yeah. And if you're doing that, the people your your father, your grandfather, answer whoever uncle, neighbor, whatever it is, mm -hmm. are they happy? Were right. they happy? Are you are you following a role model? into a role mm. that you want anything to do with, <laughs> right? Not just because, oh, that's the closest man I see. That must be what all men are. Right. Because that, that's unfortunate. That's the trap that we can fall into, right? Again, yeah. it's, we live in an infinite universe. Mm, 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 right? mm. We, uh, we are evolving and changing. Our soul is growing and expanding, right? We yeah. are, I believe we are stepping more in, into our divinity each day if we are yeah. progressing forward. So right. what, what is a man? whatever we dare want it to be and i think we've been thinking too small about what it is right <laughs> no and i and that's true i do too i think we have i think we have limited what a man could actually be um we have limited that and so again thank you so much i want to do this because i ask everyone that comes on um every one of my guests i ask this question uh because i love to be able to hear um, the definitions and the, you know, from your point of view of what you believe that this is. And the question is, what's greatness to you? Greatness to me is, is seeing or experiencing something that smashes through my beliefs of what's possible. Like mm. it, it, it's something that inspires me to new levels. Like I didn't know anyone could do that. I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know something could be that beautiful, that moving. Wow. It, it just, it breaks it. You know, it's that glass ceiling of whatever it is that that subject or emotion or activity yeah. is about. That, yeah. that, that That's what greatness means to me. I love that. I love that definition. I love that definition. I want y'all to do me a favor again, please show some love um, again, if you are walking, you can do this. I know people around you might look at you weird. Just put your hands together, clap, um, you know, uh, and just show some love and say thank you. Really, thank you, Andy, for coming on, sharing your story, but also sharing the tools and the help um, for so many people that are going through these different pieces. Again, this conversation, we're directing it per se towards men, but this is really across the board. Um, because there are women that that don't communicate as well, just like there are men that don't. Um, and so this conversation, I believe, is helpful to anyone that has taken the time to listen to this 
and really examine you while you listen to this conversation. Throughout this conversation, as we've been talking, every time you're talking, I'm like, okay, did I did I'm not expressing here. I need to I need to go back and make some adjustments because again, this is a part of growth. Like you said, as we continue to go and progress forward, we're walking more and more and more to our destiny. Um, and so and into this divinity of life that we have. So for those again that want to uh, be able to hear more about um uh, Andy Grant, as well as uh, Real Men Feel, you want to make sure that you tag in not only to his social media, but go onto his website, tag in and make the phone call, connect with him, uh, get the help that is needed so that you as a person can become greater and better every single day. He has so many different things and avenues of where he can be able to help you. And so take advantage of those um, opportunities and things that he has so that we can all become and be the person that we're supposed to and destined to be. So again, I say thank you, sir, for coming on. Thank you for my, being a part. I yeah, love pleasure. this. I, uh, thanks for helping me make today great. <laughs> Yes, sir. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I pray that this conversation was impactful to you in some form of way. What I want to make sure is that not only are you hearing and learning this information, but that you're taking the time to apply something, some nugget, some, some piece that you took from this conversation that you can say, I can apply this for my life to be better. I want you to continue to be with me and make sure that you're with me every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. I love you all, and I'll talk to you next time, right here on the Focus on Greatness family.